Good evening, folks, and welcome to You Can't See Them From The Road. Today's sponsors are Coyote Valley Saddle Shop. Go check out Corey. He's building some real cool shit. And uh, JWT Custom Hats out of Stether. You need a custom hat. He's the man that will hook you up with any type of hat you want. So go check them guys out. Jake, how are you? Pretty good, Def. How are you? Well, it's winter. Uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely subarctic today. Oh, oh, I'm glad you thought it was cold. I tell you, I'll trade you. No, no, you know we were with the wind chill. I bet you we was down negative ten, and uh, just to the north country where we used to live, they were fighting the same stuff you were. They were like negative twenty, and uh, well, I'm happy that I'm not there. I mean, negative twenty today, Jake. What a good thing. We would have been like, "Fuck, it's pretty warm." Yeah, no kidding. You guys would have been out in the speedos. Yeah, exactly. Today it was like I don't know, minus thirty-two or some bullshit like that. No thanks. And then there's two retard cowboys out there roping sick cabs in the feedlot, going like, "Hey, great life choices." Yeah, no kidding. No kidding at all. So. But, How's your uh, feedlot shaping up? Um, calves are shaping out real good. Um, we haven't lost a lost a calf in three weeks. Uh, pulls are way down. Um, now we're just fighting the ground and the weather. Um, the ground's froze up so freaking hard that I mean, it's just you, you got to be careful what you're doing. Horse can slip and go down, and and you're done for. So it's just you got to be careful. Yeah. So, but it's one of those things we're just, but we're lining out pretty good. And um, now all of a sudden they brought in two, two new pens of cattle. So it's like, ah, shit, here we go again. So we'll see if they keep lined out or, or what have you. Yeah. I mean, we're doing pretty good here. Um, you know, we got a few troubled pens, but. Treating still pretty – we're still pretty busy treating, but, I mean, yeah. when you got, like, 9,000 head on a feedlot, I mean, you're going to be treating lots regardless, and especially when you fight the weather every day. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's just like us, you know. We might not be 9,000, you know, but um, we take that high-risk, high-risk, high-risk stuff, and they send them to, they send them to us, and they, they cross their, their fingers and hope to die, and, and – uh, do a little praying and see what we can come out with and so it's like man we're, we're up against it from the word go yeah it's we, we're pretty fortunate we get some pretty nice cattle in here i mean we do get like rejects and stuff nobody wants but yeah so but no other than that it's going pretty good gotta find a new feed man our feed wagon operator put in his two weeks so that's that gonna be will fun. that will happen. How's the new guy? Uh, he's working out pretty decent, actually. You know, he's young. He's eighteen. Um, he's green around the gills, but you can coach him, and he, he's learning, and he's learning pretty quick. So I'm pretty happy with him. <clears throat> and he's he's one of them guys you can kind of flick shit at and he'll giggle and laugh about it and he won't get his feelings hurt and, and go off and cry in the corner. Oh, yes, yes. So, 
You know, like the one guy you had there, you know, nice enough kid, good guy at everything, just not his line of work. Nope, not at all. Not at all. So, uh, looks like our guest of honor has arrived. Catch you there. I'm here. How are you tonight, Catch? I'm good. How are y'all this evening? Oh, we're uh, we're both trying to unthaw a little bit. I bet so. It sounds like it's pretty cold up in y'all's country. Uh, yeah, we had about uh, like we were talking just a minute ago. Uh, we were at uh, about fifteen, negative fifteen, with the wind chill and. Uh, Justin, you said you guys are what negative thirty-two up there in Canada. Yeah, we were minus. We were negative thirty-two this morning when I come to work. It was not fun. That doesn't sound fun at all. It's, it's uh, forty degrees here and and raining and and uh, I thought it was cold here, but uh, I'll keep my mouth shut now. <laughs> wait, wait to hurt our feelings, Yeah. What's that? I'll trade you weather. I bet that's right. <laughs> oh so catch you're you're uh, a pickup man trick roper extraordinaire yes sir so when did you get started in all this shenanigans and showing off i started uh my trick roping career when i was 10 years old uh, i started at the stockyards there in fort worth when i was 11 and been there ever since really but uh it was all by accident, really. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Oh, be darned. So, and then you, you run the family ranch, or you just work for That's one? Right. Or? No. There's there's only my grandmother, and my dad was an only child, and I'm an only child. And and the only three of us left is my grandmother, my dad, and me. So, it's, it's just us. And oh, wow. We hire some day help when we need it, but... uh. It's just us. That's it. I'll be dang. Uh, my grandmother uh, pretty much turned me loose with it uh, several years ago. And uh, she still makes the final decisions on anything, but she lets me kind of tend to it, manage it, make most of the decisions, but she's still, she's still the head honcho. Oh, okay. I got you there. I got you there. So, so have you guys always, uh, you always been into rodeoing and and all that stuff, or was that just kind of a accidental get into kind of a deal there? Well, uh, my family had a rodeo company, and we've always my my grandpa and my dad were very big team ropers in their day, and my dad uh, trip steers and and uh, he rodeoed pretty hard, and so did my grandpa. But they own a rodeo company, so we've always been involved. Oh, okay. With competing or production, either way, we've been involved some way with rodeo. One, one, one side of the token or the other. Yes, sir. Well, that's pretty cool. I just – I've picked up a little bit here and there, practice pens and stuff like that. I want to do it, I want to do it more. That's a kick in the butt. But I just started – I just backed into the team roping box for the first time when I was freaking 30 years old. Yes, sir. Never team roped a day in my life and thought, you know what? Why not take my best ranch horse and go see if I can't fuck him up and put him in the head and box. <laughs> you probably kicked everybody's butt. Uh, you know, we didn't do too bad. Um, we had a few open rodeos this year, and, and we did all right. And we went clear down to California and went to a, a, a ranch rodeo down there and had a freaking blast. Um, but uh, 
you know, we, it was just all about fun being, you know, going out and having a bunch of fun and, and everything and just kind of trying to figure it all out. Yes, sir. So, um, but no, we, we, we sure enjoyed it. That's for dang sure. So it's a little different, you know, uh, them short ropes and, and things are going a heck of a lot faster, a lot quicker Yes, sir. Than, than a guy thinks, you know? And so, but, um, no, it's, I really enjoyed it. So, um, so yeah, how far do you travel with the trick roping or do you just stay in Texas or? I, I go all over the world. Uh, oh, no kidding. I'll go anywhere they pay me to go. But uh, I mostly rodeo. Uh, I say rodeo, I'm trick roping at them rodeos or picking up or both. It's mostly in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and uh, Colorado a little bit. So it's, it's I say it's local. fairly close I don't fairly close to home. Right off, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll be there. Now, the other day when you and I was talking on the phone, you said you grew up in northern New Mexico, correct? That's correct. So, when I was three years old, my grandparents talked really seriously about selling their ranch here and uh, buying one somewhere else, and they always wanted to go west. So, we we spent a summer... <clears throat> we made around looking at ranches for sale. And we went to uh, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, and made a circle looking at, at ranches for sale. And and went and made a, it. Took us all summer to look at them because mm-hmm. some of them were you know pretty big outfits, and we may stay there three or four days you know looking at them. And uh, I remember a little bit of it, not all of it, but I was like I said, I was three years old. And I went with them. I was out, and uh, and while they was doing that, they found a deal in Southern Colorado, and it was a dude outfit. But they summered cattle on uh, government land for the BLM. Oh, thanks, you. Well, uh, they end up offering my grandparents a, a job at kind of running that the cow part of that deal. So they went back to the next, went to a seasonal. It was just in the summertime. The cattle went up in June and come down in October. So we went. So that, I was four years old the first year we went. That was in Colorado. And while we was there, they found a better deal in northern New Mexico, right across the line. And we we done it another, uh, seven more years. Oh, wow. Just in the summers. Like I said, we just summered the cattle. And it was big country. And uh, like I was telling you on the phone, uh, like our neighbors were buckaroos and flat hatters and, and swung a big rope and dallied on mule hide. But our neighbors to the south of us were cow punchers. So I got to be around both cultures out there growing up. And, uh, and man, I, I respect both of them. I get it. But Yeah, so you got to learn learn the good ways of both sides and learn the bad, I, bad things and, and everything. Uh, I, I hate to admit it, but I, I will. Uh, my grandpa traded for me a Wade saddle when I was a kid, and I rode it until I outgrew it. Really? Up riding that Wade saddle, and uh, it looked it looked pretty funny down here in this country. Nobody's seen anything like that. But oh, I, I can only imagine. I bet you got lots of funny looks riding that Wade Wade saddle down there. I, I still got it. It's, it's only got like a fourteen inch seat in it, but I still got it. It's out here in my saddle house right now. 
I'll be darned. I, yeah, I, you know, I've seen your TikToks. You're kind of a big old feller. I don't think you can yeah. fit in a 14-inch saddle anymore. I outgrew it pretty quick. but <laughs> I rode it several years right, like, right there, you know. And, and, man, I got along good with it. But uh, like all of us down in this country, you know, of course, we rodeo and all that. And, and I learned how to dally, but we all tie off, you know. Oh, absolutely. 99% of the time. So is there a time when, uh, like, you guys are out uh, working yearlings or something out in the pasture and you're tied off and you get into a situation where you reach down and jerk that horn knot off and, and it's going to be better to dally or you just – you're tied off and you're there and, and here we go? I've cut myself out a time or two. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. But every time it's been where – so in our country – there's lots of woods, lots of thickets, and like it's kind of subtropical here. And uh, we've got to run a cow that's got a little bit of an ear. Well, mm-hmm. it comes with that, you know. And cattle be a little flattier. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times you're catching something, you just may be on a, a pipeline right away, and it may not be, you know, a hundred foot across that pipeline right away. And you're trying to catch a cow when she comes across it, you know. And usually there's dogs on her, and you can hear where they're coming. But you just got that much room to catch her. And you ain't got room to to, to dally. I mean, you chucking your rope and just trying to get her stopped. Yeah, you're just catching whatever you, whatever part of her you can, basically. And, and we've done that a bunch. It works good, but there's been times where you catch a big old cow, and she snatches you up in them trees, and you won't loose from her you know no oh, i can and, only imagine and you reach down there and cut it and it, i caught a big bull like that one time and he pulled me up against a tree and just had me matched up and he was picking himself off the ground i finally Ooh. just cut it and let him come out the other side we caught him again but i'll be dang but yeah there's been times where i've cut myself loose but we we live to tell the tale so oh absolutely uh i'll be dang so you guys, you just got like little cutouts where big little clearings and stuff to kind of, you send the dogs into the, I'm, I'm assuming the mesquite and, and everything else. And they kind of get them hazed out of there and bay them up out of there. And, and uh, you just stay in the, the open spots and, and just full tilt boogie and try and get a hook, get, get hooked That's right. on. That's right. If we do a lot of that, and a lot of that's gone away. People are, are getting smarter. And the the uh, cube feeder has put a lot of cowboys out of business around here. Uh, folks are, are getting them cows cube broke now, their cake broke, and they'll trap them cattle instead of letting cowboys pin them. But there's a lot of places where it's so thick that I'm more power to them, you know. But yeah, lots of, lots of mesquite thickets. And we use a dog. If you're a day worker around here, you've got cur dogs. You know, Catahoula type dogs. That's just comes with the territory. But a lot of times you have to have them dogs just to go find the cattle, you know. And when they get there, they'll they'll hold them up. They'll bait them cows up. And then, you know, you get in there and drive them out and do what you want with them. But, uh, yeah. If it wasn't for them dogs, uh, you wouldn't pin a cow in a lot of these places, you know. Or find, oh, really? them, or find them, you know. Uh, I'll be damned. So, and you guys just run, you said Catahoulas and Kerdogs? Yes. Mainly? 
most of mine are black mouth turds. They're all yellow or red with, with a black mask. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not racist against any of them. Yeah. Seeing that, but they, have, they've got to tolerate the heat here. Yeah. You know, we get up, you know, in the May it'll be 104 degrees, mm. and uh, it gets awful humid here. It, that's that's what kills us is the humidity. Yeah. So you, you boys break out early and and get done fairly early. Yes, yeah, sure. at all possible. Yeah, we try to be done by lunch every day. Start, you know, start in the dark and try to be done by lunch, especially yeah. in in the summer months. Hmm, I'll be darned. You know, we do a lot of that up here. We're trying to get done. I mean, <clears throat> we won't be that hot at the end of May. I mean, we're we're 104 about July. August, it really gets hot. I mean, we had uh, the hottest we had here like this summer was 120. Yeah, yeah, but that was late July, August. Um, so our our big heats don't come till later on in the summer when it's almost over, and so you're just kind of praying to hang on for that couple of weeks to get through it because the cool weather's coming. And right. and uh, we'll still use it. Like I, I run, I got little handful or so of border collies outside right now and and uh we'll run them but you really got to watch them dogs in the heat yes sir and because uh, like i got one one female with a busted leg right now from going up to cow camp and um dogs like her she she hooks on and and she's got she's kind of a robotic dog she's just so intense about anything it, pulling her off is almost impossible so i mean like when it gets real hot i don't take her right yeah, that water. You know, we're liable to plan a drive on how we drive the cattle out by where the water is. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll, and it's all dirt tanks or stock tanks around here. But uh, we try to. You've got to water them dogs. We haul yeah. water. We haul water with us, you know, in our dog boxes and in our trailers and all. <coughs> So when when like when you. You get a call from the neighbor, let's say, and, and he, he's got an old long-eared cow that's on the run and can't get cowed and, and won't come to the cake truck, and and you and a couple of day hands go out after. And how many of them cur dogs and catahoulas will you turn loose? Three or four. Mm. Uh, and a lot of times in a situation like that, if she's with another set of cows, we'll bear her up with them other cows. And – uh and just sit back and not just ride up there and bust them, you know, because usually she's going to be the one that wants to run off. Mm-hmm. And if a lot of times if you just sit a minute, and let them dogs work and don't just ride up there real quick, you know, you can sneak up there and, and maybe rope her in the herd before she leaves the country again, you know? Oh, okay. And, uh, but if she does, you know, usually them dogs, we train them dogs to when they see a cow leave, they go with her. They'll start catching on her and getting rough on her until she comes back. Oh, okay. So if we're baying a set of cows and, and they're not dog broke and one wants to leave, we'll just let her. And we won't even move a muscle except for holding up them other, the, the cows at the big herd. You know, me and another man or two, we'll just sit there on that herd and hold them other cows up, let them dogs work on her. And here in a minute, she's going to want some relief. She'll come back. And that's how they get dog broke. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, I'll be dang. That that kind of works out pretty handy in your kind kind of country. Yes, sir. Yeah, you. It it's a necessity around here. Well, I can imagine. For the the cattle that they don't pin with the with a cake feeder, you know how we do it. Yeah. You know, we got lots of corn stock up here that we're running in the wintertime like now and, and lots of hot wire and stuff. And I, we, we'll, we'll, we'll take the dogs out and it's, it's more of a, uh, we use ours more of a, a steering tool, I guess, if you want to say, um, like if something leaves, we'll send the dogs and just kind of keep with the herd and, and let them work her over. And pretty soon, like you say, she'll, she'll want that relief. She'll come back to the herd, but, yeah. um, as far as I, I don't have the best border collies in the world, but I mean, there's other guys out there that have dogs that are ten times what mine are, and um, but mine mine do a fair fair amount of work for me and do pretty good for me, and and uh, like I go up up to cow camp way up in the mountains of Idaho there, and um, them dogs if you don't have them up there in that in that I mean we're talking big timber up there, yes. Sir. Um, if you don't have them up there, you are, you're just scattering cattle across the country. Cause you, you got to get them dogs out in front of them, get them stopped. Right. Yeah. No, they'll kind of right. bay them up, but we don't bay them up near as uh, big a mobs as like you guys do. I've seen the videos and, and, and I've been in Texas when I was younger and, and I've seen it done. And, um, but like we'll bay up up there at cow camp. We'll, we'll hold probably, you know, at the most 10 pair or so. Because that 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 timber's just so thick and you're steep and you're in the snow and it's just nasty. So trying to hold more than that, just you're not going to get it accomplished. Gotcha. So, but no, and uh, I've got I got one little fuzzball dog. He's an Idaho shag dog, and uh, I don't know how many times I've threatened to shoot him when I first took him to cow camp. I mean, little little son of a bitch. Wouldn't work a cow. Wouldn't look at one for the longest time, and he was just—I figured he was just going to turn out to be the porch dog and and just kind of go along. And and we lost a set of cows one day and couldn't find that freaking dog. I thought, what in the hell? Well, the guy is working for. He's got uh, he he crossed a bunch of border collies onto uh, running hounds for running cats and bears and stuff. And them them hound dog border collies, they, they'd kind of bay them up a little bit. Well, he, that shag dog kind of learned to track and, and bay them up from them hounds. And here pretty quick, we heard this god-awful weird freaking barking and howling. And we thought, what in the hell is that? And here's this little fur ball down there in the bottom of a canyon. He's got a handful of them bayed up by himself. And I thought, well, you just earned your kibble for the rest of the year, buddy. You bet. But uh, he's got to figure out how to get them stopped on flat ground because everything he gets them stopped and st- the steepest, nastiest piece of the timber you can freaking find. Well, that's just because you're an asshole to him, Jake. He's just getting even with you. I know, right? <coughs> yeah, so I'll tell you a funny but, story uh, about the dog. So, when uh, they, the, the the job taking care of the cattle in Colorado, they told us, you know, we had to have dogs, you know, with and and all that well yeah we brought our dogs we brought our cur dogs well that didn't do a bit of good up there all them cattle were okie cattle they're super gentle because they feed like them cattle all winter pretty much you know down down in the valley and them cattle are just okie 
I ain't getting her cross kind of cattle. And super, super gentle. You know, you need a drive dog. So the next year we went back, my grandpa, he put he put together a different set of dogs, you know, some collies and kelpies and stuff like that. And, uh, but yeah, we, we showed up with them cur dogs and uh, it was the wrong, <laughs> it was on the wrong end of them. It was on the wrong end of them. They were already stopped. You needed, you needed to put a little, uh, put a little yeah, motion yeah. into them. That's right. We had to rotate them cattle every, every 30 days. And, uh, and it was, I, I really don't know how many it was, probably 1,500 cows on our deal. And, uh, man, it, it was a chore moving things, you know. Oh, I can imagine not having the, the, the correct set of dogs to, to yeah. help you out. No, and I. It was just us, you know, which we neighbored some. You know, if we had some trouble, we'd, we'd get some help, but, uh, and we'd go neighbor, neighbor with them, help them, but. Mm-hmm. No, that's the buckaroos and all. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I mean, it's it's kind of that. It's a, it's kind of that way, and I imagine it's that way down there, where you're at. You know, neighbors help neighbors. It's kind of a big, big family kind of a deal. You know, something, you know, kind of goes sideways. Everybody kind of bails in to help out. But it's it's different here too because we don't brand our calves. Here when they're babies, which we, you know, Texas state law, they don't require you to like New Mexico, Arizona, and Northern states. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of folks around here that we day work for on 50, 100, 200 cows, whatever. Some of them, mom and pops, you know, they got 25, 30 cows, and there's a bunch of that around here. Really? They don't brand their calves. So me and one other man will go work them all, you know. Oh wow! And and we don't even head and heal them, you know. We just we'll just hem them up in a chute. I know that's not very cowboy of me, but that's, we work a lot of cattle that way. That, there ain't nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> I actually, uh, so I built a chute. I don't know if you've seen it on any of my Facebook or anything, but uh, we catch him calves by the hips instead of you know in a regular like a WW self catch. Yeah, heads by the hips and work them that way. So, really? man, and I'm working that shoot, I can catch that calf by the hips. I'll be darned, I've never seen it done that way. That calf standing up right there, and then while he's doing that, I'm giving him the shots and ear marking him. And heck, we're done here in, in 20 seconds, you know, huh? And rolling on through them. So, yeah. I built a shoot that's got two in it one on the end where it's supposed to be and then one in the middle and that one in the middle i fixed it where the calves can't flop around so when i catch him by the hips he ain't just out there on the end of that chute flopping around yeah and it works it works very well for us that that sounds like it works pretty slick yeah it's it's portable and uh we can set it up and down in, in three or four minutes and and we've got to where we carry that thing all over the country with us and like i say i know that's not I'm probably losing some cowboy street kids over it, but there just ain't nobody around here to day work. And then by doing that, I'm charging for me and I'm charged for the shoot like another man. And we may go work for, you know, two or three, four people a day in the springtime. And uh, the way our day wages are, you know, we charge 200, 250 a man a day. So, you know, we can really make a lot of money day working around here like that. Oh, absolutely. 
I don't blame you one bit for kind of making it easier on yourselves. Yes, you know, and I I got a set of North Forks, and we'll use them some at some places, you know, me and one or two other guys. And, uh, but you know, they work good too. I hate North Forks, I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) It works good when you don't have a crew, though. Yeah, I mean, with the North Forks, it's (coughs) the guy running it has to know what he's doing. Yes, sir, no doubt. Like, up here in my part of the country, everybody uses them, but they give it to, like, a 10-year-old kid or, you know, a 16-year-old kid from town that doesn't know shit, and halfway through the day, you're like, you know, I I might kill him. Yeah, I understand. It's nothing more aggravating than than them missing them or something. No, then you got to make a circle and come right back. Yeah, or they go to let it up, and they don't let them up right. And then he's right. still in the North Fork, and he gets up onto all fours, and then it gets real entertaining. Oh, yeah. yeah and like, like I say, you know, our cattle are Bremer Cross top cattle, and they're pretty bronchy. Well, if you don't – like I've seen videos of the North Forks where them guys, they just drop them down on their neck. Well, here, when I put them North Forks on them, I got to hold it to them or they'll, they'll buck it off. Like when it hits them, they'll start slinging their head, and they'll buck them things completely off, so – when I said it to them, I just kind of and I and I mash them tight too, where they kind of hang on them a little better. I've learned that too. But when I put them forks on them, I kind of you got to kind of stay with it till it comes tight, or they'll just buck them off. <laughs> I'll be darned. See, and I've I've never seen I've never really used a set of forks. I've been to one or two, and and I've drug them into them, but I've never I've never been on the ground and actually used a set and and yes. learned how to do it correctly. Yeah, so we've kind of got it figured out. We don't use them a whole lot. There's only just some situations that we do, but yeah. So you guys, do do you guys? When do you brand your calves in, or, or do you ever? Yeah, so we the only cattle they brand is like their keeping cows. So you know, when we have a set of keeping heifers that we wean or whatever, we uh we'll brand them in, or you know, if you buy some cows from the sale barn or from somebody else you know we'll brand them cow brand your cows you know most people do that but they just yeah. don't make a make it a big big thing of, of branding steers that you're going to sell really i'll be darned yeah just not a thing around here never has been huh yeah up here shit if you're going to take something to the sale barn it better have an iron on it right and and it see, i didn't think about that <laughs> until you know, we got in new mexico and it's state law there you know you got to and like here, you don't have to have a brand inspector. I mean, you make a trade on cows, and that's it. You don't have to. That's just oh, you straight don't, up. You don't have to have them inspected or nothing, huh? No, sure. I'll mean, be you down. You trade on cows. It's just between me and you. Hmm. I'll be damned. See up here, shit. Like we ship them cattle to cow camp. We ship them from the Washington side, and then we ship them. to across the line to Idaho, so we have to have them brand inspected in Washington. Right. And then when they get to Idaho and go to get unloaded, there's got to be a brand inspector standing there to watch them get unloaded. And then when we're loading them up and sending them home back to Washington, there's got to be it's same way. You got to have two brand inspections. It's the same way up there. So where we was, I was saying in northern New Mexico, all the cattle were actually from Colorado, right here across the line. Same deal. Yes, sir. I'll be darned. Yeah, it and it, it it puts a real big wrinkle in in everything, you know, because trying to get a brand inspector is 
like right. pulling teeth half the time. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, we'll pin up. We try to pin up like at cow camp. We'll pin probably, oh, three, four truckloads at a time. And that way, you know, we can make it worthwhile to, to have semis roll in. And, uh, you know, until we'll, we'll pin 100, 150 head of cattle up. And, and uh, if you can't get a brand inspector on the day you want them, you know, that, that cow camp, the, the only stitch bob wire on it's the 15-acre, 20-acre trap that we've got there at the camp. And, and if you can't get a brand inspector the day you need it, then, by God, you're going to burn through some hay, and, and you better pray your fence, that fence is, is worth holding because them, them cows are going to get bored of standing there in that freaking creek bed, and, and they're going to be like, you know, there might be snow on the ground, but there's better grass out there. Yes, sir. And they'll go to leave it. We had it one time. I'll tell this story. And we had it one time. We had the uh, first set of trucks coming in last summer or last fall to haul out. And we had four truckloads worth of cows standing in that, in that trap. And uh, I got up and jingled horses in and greening horses and saddling horses for everybody. And the camp cook was slinging pancakes and, we was getting ready to go, and I thought, you know, them cows are awfully freaking quiet out there in the in the meadow. <laughs> it's pretty nice. They settled right down overnight, and I got to looking through the trees, and I went, holy shit, we've only got 10 pair left standing here. Uh-huh. We, we, I hollered at, at the camp cook and everybody else. I said, freaking breakfast is on hold. Everybody get to their horses. Let's freaking roll, and we ended up getting, we ended up getting them all back. We sent out the the last truck, the fourth truck. We sent him out half loaded, but we ended up gathering everything back up. They were they didn't go too far. Yes, sir. And That's it was good. and like up there at Cow Camp, I'll take all my dogs up there. But you only turn two. I only turn two, maybe three loose at a time. Go gather, and, and my boss will take two or three. But that day, they, all them cattle took off. Um, I emptied every kennel I had. My boss did the same thing. So I think we had between the two of us, we had 10 dogs on the ground. Yes. And it was, I mean, it was just assholes and elbows. I mean, it was, it was a circus, but we got it managed. So you're saying cow camp, what is it on BLM or is it private land? What, what is it? So that one is actually, it is four different. um, Some of it is a private lease. Um, two parts of it are state leases and one is, um, uh, barrel. No, it's not the BLM. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a federal deal. It's a wildlife preserve or whatever. I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's 110,000 acres. Right. Yeah, very, very similar to what what we have, but it was all BLM. It was it was a grazing association. And it was seven different ranches that all run cattle together. Holy and cow! Like I said, all summer them cattle up there, and then they come off the mountain in October before the first snow. Mm-hmm. Or try to. Oh yeah, our camp right at right at almost eleven thousand feet was where our cow camp was, and it was pretty primitive. Uh, the grazing association tried to supply us with a camper trailer to stay in, and it wasn't very livable. But we brought her on the next year, and uh, they just said it was old crap. 
uh, pole corrals there. It was pretty neat. Had a truck shoot and all, but you, it was so rough you couldn't get a, a semi up there to it. You had to drive them halfway down the mountain before Boy. you drive just to get to uh, the next set of corrals that you could get a truck to, and that's where they trucked them out of. Yeah. See, and and that's up at our camp. Up at our cow camp, um, we can fit forty-eight footers up up the road, but it's a tight, tight fit. And yeah. uh, my boss that he runs that permit, they went in and and they they fell trees, and I mean the smallest tree that's in the corral is oh I bet you I'm 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 right at six foot and about two forty, and I can. I bet you the smallest tree I can barely get my fingertips to touch if I wrap my arms around it. And them corrals, they built them things hell for stout because they're, well, they probably hit me mid rib when I'm sitting on a 15 hand horse. And I mean, they're, they're big and stout. And I mean, you can hold just about anything in them corrals, but the, the metal around, it's just a four strand bob wire fence. And you know, it's, it's, lived its life and and like right now up there if a guy was trying to survive you, you just couldn't do it because the snow gets a, it uh let's see last year they dug out when they dug out cow camp just they they went up some snowmobilers went up and dug out because we have a uh uh like a connex box that they've turned into a house up there um and it stays year round and they dug it out and it was four feet above the roof the snow was yep. right and so the the pasture fence and everything it's got to be you know they had to build them corrals hell for stout to, to withstand that kind of stuff and them <coughs> them charlotte cattle they they take up their uh man you, you don't get around them a foot put it that way yes sir and they're they're big and they're stout and they're framey and i mean if they decide hey guess what that uh, bob wire fence isn't gonna stop me it ain't gonna stop them yes sir so I mean they they built these corrals, I mean just hellaciously big. And first time I rolled up in there, I went, "Good Lord, what are we pinning? Freaking elephants!" <laughs> so now so, you, when you guys take off day working and and go work for you know you said you you take your little calf shoot around and stuff. So you got a set of pins that you roll roll with, or you you go in and I, use I've their got, pins. I've got two sets of portable corrals. Oh okay. Um, is the okay corrals mm-hmm. one of them is the set that i built and i call them the catch pins <laughs> and uh and that's what the shoot it's called the catch shoot and i can i can set them off the off them okay corrals and man it it works very good you know we run lots of cattle through them we work three or four thousand mommy cows every and, uh, really i don't i don't know how many we take down the shoot my little over shoot but it's quite a few we can take four at a time in there and it works very good for us but uh yeah i do have a set of uh, portable corrals that i take quite a bit and with with them and my other ones we could put uh, you know 100 probably 25 pair in there at a time so not not a massive setup but big enough to get a job done very you know it's big enough most like i say most of the time we uh there's not 40 or 50, 60 cows in a bunch around here. Oh, really? Uh, there's just, there's lots of small, like I say, mom and pop. Everybody's got their own cows around here. Oh, yeah. you know, every, so now, every, where, where exactly every, in Texas are you? I'm in 
Central Texas. So I'm I'm directly south of Dallas, a hundred miles. Okay. Just right off the Interstate 45. So you're down. See, let me let me jog my memory from being down there as a kid. So you would be down. You're south of Dallas, so that would be. You're not anywhere close to New Braunfels or anything like that, are you? No, I'm. Uh, I'm north of there. So it's it's oh, south okay. of me. Oh, okay. And it's south of me. Okay, because I, I, as a kid, my my godfather, he was down in that area, and I spent lots and lots of time down down that New Braunfels area. I got growing you. Up. So that's that's that part that part of Texas I know fairly decent. I haven't been down there in years. He's he's passed away, but um, yeah, we spent lots of time running around down there when I was a kid. Yes, sir. That's some pretty country down there. It it really is. I I really enjoyed it down there. Um, I've always wanted to go back. It's just uh, I'm kind of a fat ass and I don't like the heat. Yeah, you need to go <laughs> you need to go in the heat of the summer. And go float the river down there. That's, that that's that I have done as a kid, and that was that was absolutely spectacular. You bet. <clears throat> Shit up up here in the, the heat of the summer. You you uh, you go float the river. You better have some scuba gear on and uh, maybe a little ar- ar- Arctic something because that water is still freaking cold. That's all. Our water was that way. Uh, of course, it was all snow melting you know it's all the streams was and there's snow stayed right above us right above camp another i don't know thousand foot it stayed on the mountain there year round and that's how we kept our food cold so we'd go fill our coolers up with that snow because it was e- it was easy to do that and go to town we didn't have water electricity and like our uh drinks our soda waters we put them in like in an onion bag and we had a spring right behind the the camp and we dropped them off in that spring, and it kept them them cold, you know. Yep. But uh, we had food that we need to keep keep cool. We'd go fill them them igloo coolers <laughs> with uh with snow, and then we'd keep them in the shade, and then wrap them with like toe sacks, you know, to make them last longer. I'll but, be. Uh, we'd build a little old kind of pole corral in some trees to put them coolers in to keep the bears out of them. So we had to make it bear proof. Oh no, kidding! Yes, sir. Black bears were a problem in that country. Huh, I'll be darned. Now, did you guys? You were you were quite young. You said when you're up there, but did Grandpa and yeah. everybody they they pack a rifle or a pistol as they oh, went out? Yeah, they're they're like my grandpa, and my dad, both they're they're gun guys, you know. And they, my dad, he packs a pistol with him every day. He's just kind of that kind of guy, you know. And I don't. I'm not. I don't. I'm. If I got to shoot a dog, I got to go. Ask my buddy to borrow a gun or something. I don't. <laughs> they, they carried one on their side all the time. You know, oh, they carried a pistol all the time in that country. Uh, well, come on, catch. You're you're from Texas. Everybody's got a gun in Texas. <laughs> I guess so. I'm... <laughs> no, no. Things would happen if we packed a gun up here. There'd be lots of dead colts and lots of dead cows. Pretty much. That's. <laughs> Uh, my grandpa, he he kept a separate pistol in his in his shaps pocket. He wore or his chinks. He wore chinks, 
and he he kept the uh, little twenty two in there. He kept rat shot in it, and either he was shooting cows or dogs with it. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine it. The old boy, God damn it! I said get back. Whatever the dog's name is, he won't get back. What? <laughs> but what was one day packing salt and a, uh, a cow elk I guess she had a calf bedded down or something I'm sure she did well she got after our dogs well Ooh. first thing the dogs are going to do they come back to us and uh, running under your horse and all that cow elk just kept getting closer and closer popping her old gums and all and uh, I thought we was going to have to shoot that elk that day just to get her <laughs> off of us but finally left us alone i'll be there she was fighting them dogs off pretty hard that was pretty neat to see yeah no that's uh toughy you guys you guys kind of run into it more than i do but uh you guys got to tangle with moose up there yeah they're pretty scarce though like up in my part of the country you get into saskatchewan and alberta there's lots of moose up there um around here the moose are like pretty much extinct oh really well, and it's just because of a certain um, population of people that yeah. have different hunting rules than most. Yep. And, you know, they see a moose and it's there's Game a moose one. in the area and they find out about it. Like, they'll run it to death <coughs> if they have to to kill it. So. so, like around here, wild hogs are a big problem. Like, oh, yeah. They tear a lot of up. And, and there's lots of them. So when we're hunting cows, we got to be careful on sending, like we make sure we cut a cow track or see some sign before we send them dogs to hunt for a cow because they'll more than likely run up on some hogs and bay them hogs up, you know, instead of the cows you're after. Oh, really? So, so them, do them dogs, they, they don't they don't give a shit what they're going to bay up. They're just going to get something well, they, bayed they up. A, you know, we try to train them off a hog, but if they come across one, more than likely, they're going to try to bay it up, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's hard to train them not to. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're trying to do is they're trying to hold something, whatever they find. And uh, Now, can can you take, like, you know, we, up here up north, we, we enjoy watching that, them guys on t TV or the YouTube, them hog hunters with them dogs and stuff. And so can you take, like, a dog that's been – I guess hog trained like a hog dog or something. Now, can you turn, take him and turn him into a cow dog? Oh yeah, there's there's uh, so the hog hunters around here we kind of trade back and forth. So if we have a dog that doesn't want to bay a cow, usually you can get them talked into baying a hog. <coughs> really? And and vice versa, you know, we've got some guys that that hog hunt, and they'll have a dog that. That just won't leave a cow. You know, every time they go hunting, they end up baying up cows, and they're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So we'll make a trade with them. You know, I'll be damned. I, I always figured it'd be harder to get one talked into baying up one of them freaking hogs. Them things are nasty. Yeah, but they, them hog, them dogs, they love to to bay one for some reason. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's the fight or you know the action or what, but like they they get about it. You know, it, it, it's the smell of that premium ham. Oh, yeah. They're pretty good eating, too. Some of them, I think. Yeah, the, a smaller one is like if you catch a big boar, they're nasty, man. They're 
you know, just real gamey and nasty. But if you catch a little old sow that weighs, you know, 7,500 pounds, they're good. They're good to eat. Huh. So now when you're out catching cows and, and let's just say you're out going through the brush and all of a sudden some hogs blow out in front of you, you just pull, you, you just pull down and maybe take one or, or just leave them be? I usually just leave them be. Oh, do you? Because you, I'm busy or in a hurry or don't you got, got time to get done. done. Yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, like in high school, me and my buddies, man, that's we live for that stuff. We hunted all the time. But I guess I got it out of my system because now if I see one, I'm like trying to call my dogs to me and like, hey, y'all, let's go catch a cow. Yeah, let's let's leave that stinking thing alone and let's go do something else. That'll be the end. Huh. So other than being in uh New Mexico and Colorado and what have you, you ever Want to do adventure anywhere else and, and go do a little cowboying, or you just want to? Oh, yeah, kind of I've been lucky, lucky enough to do that. Um, a good friend of mine that picks up with me, he, he's got he runs a ranch in, in southern New Mexico, and uh, it's in the desert, but it's right at the edge of the mountains, and it's a big old place. And I go out there and day work with him. And uh, it's, you know, sure enough, big country and lots of horse tracks and all that. And they're all cow punchers, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, I, go, I go do that with him. And then, uh, man, I've worked in Louisiana quite a bit. And that's a totally different breed of, of folks down there. How and is they, that? So, man, they pin a lot of cows with airboats. And uh, you sure enough use a cur dog down there. Same kind of deal as here. But, man, them, them people like have fun. They they'll cut up. And they're they're fun having people, and they speak about half caging, <laughs> all the time. And uh, man, they're they're good people to be around. Well, I can but only I, I can only I imagine. Can, you get south of like say you get south of Fort Worth, and and throughout Texas, and I'm not saying it's like this on every outfit, but some of your cowboy etiquette kind of goes out the door you know that there's lots of folks around here that don't savvy you know riding off from a man or riding riding across in front of somebody it it i don't know it just wasn't trained into these folks like it is everywhere else really? but, but uh and i hate to say that because i'm from here but i was raised better than that oh <laughs> so absolutely. I, know I know better yeah. but uh yeah you it's just a little different as far uh, as that goes. But, but like, a, the, but the Cowboys are different everywhere in Texas too. Like it's, it's almost like the, the cow punchers and the buckaroos that much difference. So like it changes when you get South of, of Fort Worth. And then when you get even South of me, them guys change and they're, they're the way they ride a horse, the way they, the, their outfit looks. Like, it's different. Really? You know, guys up there, you know, north and west of Fort Worth, and they're traditional, and they wear their leggings every day and, and wear a hat. Man, you get down here, there'd be a guy that'd be the, the handiest guy around here, and sure enough, cowboy, and sure enough, horseman and dogman and, and, and cowman and all that, and he'd be wearing a, a ball cap and a T-shirt, you know. 
and that's just okay around here. Really? I'll be some bitch. Yep. It's just just the way it rolls and and heck I I'll admit it, I wear a ball cap a lot of times, you know, especially when the wind's blowing, but oh, I try yeah. to be traditional. But yeah, the and, and it's gotten a lot better, but used to, man, around here they didn't take pride in you know, the way they looked or the way their uh their saddles or anything, you know, there wasn't you didn't see handmade saddles or anything like that around here. They'd be riding a trophy saddle. They may have, you know, raw hide taps on them, and they'll, you know, have their tie ropes and all on them. But it may be a trophy saddle, you know. And and now that's getting better, and you're seeing guys with handmade bits and saddles and all. But I'll be damned. Ah, uh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, and then when you get south of, of me, uh, it, it's still that way. You know, you still see a lot of them guys that you know they may like. You go to a ranch rodeo down there. You, you think you're cowboy? You show up down there and you get your butt kicked. Really? I mean, them dudes, them dudes are handy, man. Because I, I went down there and competed against them when I was younger, and that's how I kind of got to know about all of it. And like I say, their style different, and the way they kind of rope's a little different, and the way they tie off is different. Like they, they a lot of them don't use a horn knot; they tie it into their rope. And uh, anyways, they. But so now, what, what's the what's the, I'm a little ignorant of tying off and all that. So, what's the difference between a horn knot and tying it into the rope? I thought that was kind of all oh, the same thing. There's a couple ways to do it, and like them guys in South Florida, I've went down there and cowboyed with them, and they'll braid it. They braid it into it. So what they'll do is like a three strand rope. They'll pull it back, you know, probably a foot, and tie it in a crown knot. And then they'll take all them strands apart, and then they'll count them and split them three ways. And then you braid it, or, or I'm sorry, they'll split them six ways. So you braid three on each side, and then you come together after about two inches and braid it three back into itself and then tie it off and crown knot on the end of it where you have your tail. Ooh. Well, then you can just run through that split. But them guys down there south of me, they, they'll tie another eye in the tail of their rope and tie off just like that. Oh, so they'll build like a, a an, an eyelet in into the end of the rope and then run the rope back through that eyelet. Like most of them use rope with a team roping rope. Most every one of them you see, it's just a thirty foot rope. Really? And they'll tie eye just right <laughs> into that rope, but just like you come out of the store, and then you know run it back through itself right there, and that's how they tie off with it. And me, I was raised, you know, to use a chain link or a or a handmade type horn knot. That's the way I was raised, so that's what I still do. Really? Yes, sir. I'll be you son of a bitch. That's I oh, absolutely. Even them guys use their dogs different than us. A little really? Bit. I mean, they're the type of dog, but a lot of them, they call them dogs on and off. So, like, when they, when they start driving cows, they'll call their dogs to them behind their horse. And then the cows, as soon as they start getting trotty, or, you know, they want to leave a little bit, they'll put the dogs right back on them, stop the cows, then call the dogs right back off. And us, we train a dog, like, we'll, we'll leave, but they use more dogs than us, too. But we'll leave the dogs on them while we're driving them, and we teach them dogs to back up in front of them cows where they never want to trot off, you know. But we got them the whole time we're, we're going, you know. Oh, so them. So your dogs 
<coughs> where you're at, your dogs are always in front of the cows and you're driving them along and your, your dogs, you're just kind of bumping them back into the herd if they want to kind of trot off. Yeah. So our dogs are staying up front and backing up and leading them cattle. You know, we teach them dogs to kind of just stay out in front. Now, if you're, sometimes you get on some cows that are more gentle or you just get some that are just so dog broke that they won't drive and you have to call them off and, you know, you need to have them trained where you can. Yeah. But we, uh, we try to leave them on them while we're, while we're driving them. And that's just our way we was raised doing it. So that's what we do, you know? Yeah. Right. Like when we, we've sent the dogs up at cow camp, you know, we'll, we'll put them ahead and, uh, we'll get up and we, what a lot of guys haven't figured out is like up there at cow camp, me and my boss, we'll, we'll, we'll start yelling, get ahead, get ahead. And them dogs will take off and everybody wants to follow the dog. Everybody wants to take off around the corner and keep up with the dog and watch what's going on. Yeah. Well, we've got our dogs to where <clears throat> all I got to do is look down and say, get ahead. And them dogs take yeah. off. I mean, they take off like a rocket ship. And we'll just sit there and we'll just kind of walk along. We might trot up a little bit with them, get a little closer to kind of listen to what's going on. But me and my boss will kind of sit back and let them dogs work for a minute. And then once – once the barking and the baying and the and the cluster fuck kind of gets over, um, we'll kind of ride up there, and then instead of staying behind the cows, because ninety percent of the time when we catch cows they're going the wrong direction, so we get the dogs ahead of them, get them load up, and then um, uh, we will we'll ride out around them, get to the correct side of them, and and as we ride around them, the dogs will kind of work to the opposite side of where we're at. And then once we kind of get in position with the horses and, and kind of get them under control, then we'll pull the dogs off and put them behind us again. Or night, they're kind of next to us, and um, we'll kind of start out with them them cows and when we'll let let them get a little trotty, a little ways. But then if like if they're gonna trot past a trail that we want to take or or make a corner that we need to make, we'll put them dogs ahead of them again, get them stopped. And then we'll we'll ride up and, and get in the correct position and, and kind of move them cows off and pull them dog pull them Thank dogs you. back. But um sometimes it works, you know, sometimes it don't. It just and especially in that big timber, it, it sometimes it works to your advantage and then other times there's there's places you just can't get to and so you kinda gotta kinda let them dogs and that's where my dogs kinda have a little bit more than my bosses. Because his dogs won't bring a cow to him. His dogs will just, them hound cross dogs, they'll just bay one up and hold it right there. It ain't going to leave right there unless he tells them to get off. Where my dogs, if I don't say nothing, they'll start putting pressure on that cow or them or that set of cows. And they'll start putting pressure because they know, they think they know where I'm at. I might not be in that exact spot anymore, but they kind of know the general direction. They'll start driving a cow to me. And then I can kind of kind of haze them the way i need them to go <laughs> but that's, that's so similar to what my dogs do but like around here you know like me saying i leave them dogs on them while i'm driving them a lot of times you know we're in a situation just like i was talking about you may just be in a in a pipeline right away taking them down it and if, if you lose control at any moment you know you're gonna lose the, your drive you know you're gonna lose your cattle yeah they're gonna get away you know so now you guys 
do you guys have like a set cabin season? Your your guys' yeah. weather is a whole lot better than ours, but I mean, do you guys have like a set time your cabin or? Right. Yeah, I want to talk about that because a lot of people think this is crazy, but it, this we got to do in our country. So we need to be cabin right now. Uh, and because if you cab in the spring, because a lot of people think you need to. Around here, the grass is so stout that the cows will produce so much milk on that grass that a baby calf can't suck. They can't keep up with them kits. Really? And it'll blow bags out. Yeah. So you need to calve right now at the first of the year. And that calf needs to be ahead to be big enough. That way, when that good grass hits in, you know, March, that, uh, that they can, they'll be ahead of that, and them cows' bags won't get big where they can't suck. So they yeah, calve in March, April, May, right there. Why it's really good? They like to kill a baby calf. Really, I know that sounds, right. That's just how stout it is around here. You know, we can run a cow to four acres, here. and we, you know, we we don't. I don't. We back it off. I run a cow to ten acres just so I don't have to feed as as much as everybody else. But there's a lot of people that stock it that way. They run a cow to four acres. Really? And, uh, so you guys are running one cow. Now, is that one pair per four acres yeah, or just one cow? That's a cow-calf unit up to four acres. That's what that's what they recommend. Really? Yes, sir. That's, uh, you know, there's lots of mom and pop, like I was, I've, I've said it before, but, you know, they may own a 100-acre farm or whatever, but they're, you know, they own – 25, 30, 40 cows, you know, on it. And there's just that around here. So that grass where you're at's just that pretty pretty well that good that that yes, uh, they can run that that amount on on what what they got there. Right. And it wasn't that good this year. We had a very dry year. But uh, you know, a good wet year. Have a good wet winter. Like right now the rye grass is, is awesome around here. It's coming on. It looks like out here, but it's all just natural ryegrass. Yeah, see, and, and up here, everybody and their brother-in-law, we're we're so infiltrated with with uh, farmers that uh, yeah. everybody and their brother-in-law wants to farm wheat or farm corn, so they spray that natural ryegrass out. Yes, sir. And man, it, you you find a good little valley hidden off somewhere where nobody knows that it's full of ryegrass. Man, you turn them cows in there first of the spring or or first of the fall, them things are come going to come out of there. When you finally pull them out of there, I mean, they're just going to be goober fat. Yes, sir. It, that that ryegrass, that ryegrass is something to behold. I I love feeding that stuff. And uh, we got a lot of it around here, especially yeah. like in the thickets I'm talking about, where that frost that frost to hit them trees and not kill that grass off. So all underneath all the like you know it'll be a canopy of trees, all up underneath there, man, it'll be just as green as pretty. You know. Oh man! So when does your grass like on a dry year? How long will that grass kind of hold out? Man, I've seen it where we didn't have any in May, but you know if we get what we're supposed to, I've I've seen it like in uh, in twenty twenty that COVID year, man, that was a good year for us. It stayed really? green and all summer long and uh but yeah I, usually it, it'll hold on till 
till July, and I've even seen it like this year. There were people feeding hay and cubes and cake, you know, as, as early as August, you know, just because it was so dry, and we just didn't get no rainfall. But we finally started getting it. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we up here we kind of watch that. You know, we we seen that big, you know, that you guys are fighting that big drought and them big old long lines at the sale barns and everything, everybody kind of bailing yeah. out. And it's kind of a sad deal to watch from where we're right. at, yeah. you know. We, we sold got... out a bunch of, bunch of people this year. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, that's that's just unfortunate. Yes, sir. It sure is. Because I've, I've got a friend of mine up north, or north from where I'm at. And uh, they kind of got they everything's got to be kind of a partnership deal up here because the ranch can't hang on to the ground that they need around these right. parts, and, and so you kind of got to get partnered with the neighbor farmer or what have you. And these certain folks I'm talking about, they they their farmer partner kind of bailed out on them, kind of got into a into this deal, and and they didn't want to do it, and he got mad, and so on and so forth, and so they had to. I sold out for them. We went up and gathered for them. And it's kind of a heartbreaking deal when you load 100 and what did we load? 179, 180 head of bred good five year old, five and six year old good cows. Yes, sir. And, and these folks bought them things as replacement heifers and they've run them, you know, for five years. And it's kind of, it's kind of one of them deals. It's kind of a heartbreaking thing to do. Yeah, it, it, same here. We had an old, old guy tell us, he said, man, it's, it's pretty disheartening. You know, he said, I worked my whole life to have that right there. He said, that we just uh, got rid of it all in a couple hours, you know. Yeah. Oh, man, that's heavy stuff, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, worked lots of sale barns and stuff. And so, I mean, you see everything come through and you see the sob stories. But <laughs> working at the sale barn, you know, you see them come through. But man, when you're not being that day hand and you you get called by the rancher and say, hey, we need to gather this set of cows. All right, no problem. You show up and and all of a sudden there's five, six trucks sitting there and, well, where are we going with them? We're going to the sale barn. We're selling out, man. That kind of pulls on a guy. Yeah, it, same thing here. Uh, you know, we showed up a time or two and we just thought we were selling their calves, you know, and they're, you know, two trucks, two or three trucks sitting there. And so it was like, well, well you know, because a lot of times we get there Mom and pop deals, but they leave a bull out year round, and mm -hmm. you work calves twice a year, and you wean twice a year, or sell twice a year. A lot of them will sell them out off the cow, and it's, you know, you ask them, well, how how big you want? Remember, there's one situation we got in there. So how big you how big you want to sell these calves? They said we're selling all of them, all the calves. No, all of them, the cows and the calves. Oh, okay, you know, it's pretty disheartening. Well, yeah, that's how you know. it is up here right now. There's lots of outfits selling out up here right now. It's just too many bad years. Too many bad years, and now the market's good, and the old boys are going. Now's my time to check out when yeah. the getting's good. Yes. No, and that and that's the that's the unfortunate thing is is everybody selling out. Well, then you know it's and I. I these guys call me and, and uh, they're like, Hey, we're, you know, we want to sell out. And man, I, I plead and beg and, and how can I help you? You know, make it through, just hang on to it because you know, if you make it through the bad year, it, it's going to get better. It's got to get better. 
you know, it, it we're at the worst of the worst, and, and it's got to get better, you know. Yeah, but them old boys that, you know, are in their set, you know, in their 70s and everything, how long do they want to hold out for, you know? I don't know how it is, you know, down in your guys' part of the country, but the young generation up here just don't want nothing to do with cows. Oh, it's the same way, and it's the same way with, uh, you know, the cowboys and day workers and all. There's just not a generation coming up. I mean, there's a few guys, but they're just not here anymore. Well, you know, the, the big thing with our part of the country is, you know, the guys that want to have cows, they want to do it with the quad, you know, and a bike and all that. And they want to do it fast and invite all their city friends out to come and help them on the weekend and ride around on side-by-sides and quads. And then they go, well, I wonder why it's not working. And you're like, well, I wonder why your cows just run through a bunch of fucking fence. The full-time job. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, well, now that we, we hit all the, the heartbreaking stuff – um, <laughs> catch um, I've seen your TikToks you, you guys picking up and, and uh, being mic'd up yes sir so I want to know how this got started I mean it, it's I'll, I'll sit here and, and the wife can contest to it I'll sit here and watch your TikToks for hours and laugh my ass off because I mean some of that stuff that you guys are, are talking and, and the jokes you're slinging and the stuff you're saying it's god damn it's funnier than hell and Throwing cinches over your shoulder, going nine zero, trying to hang on to a bucking horse, and seems like you guys have a whole lot of lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah that that boy that picks up with most time old skeet. Me and him, we picks up a bunch together, and we know where each other's at all the time, and and we get along good, and we have fun doing it, and we pick on each other the whole time we're doing it most of the time, and that's how it come about. The uh, guy that does all my photography, Dalton, or does the photography for the Coliseum. And I guess he does mine too. And uh, he's big into the social media deal. And he's the one that actually does all my TikToks. Oh, really? And uh, he, uh, first I was doing them, but now he's, he's doing them now. And like, he, there's people all the time now. When you go post something, when you go post something, man, I, I ain't even thought about it. So I just <laughs> let him kind of over it and, and do it. But that's what he said. What are y'all saying to each other out there? Because he's he was at first it was just him taking pictures and videoing us, and he was like, "Man, what are y'all saying to each other?" And we'd tell him, you know. So we'd watch the video, and then we'd play by play and tell him what we're saying. He said, "Man, we got to get some microphones where I can hear what y'all are saying." So we just turned into that. You know, he's just a photographer, and you know we're all buddies. He's like, "Man, I I just want to hear what y'all are saying." Yeah. So. The, started recording it and nobody can hear us so we're just getting a kick out of it just between us three so then we start showing us to one you know somebody else hey listen to this listen to this and they're like man you need to post that you need to post it and they're like no well finally finally he did and it just worked out man i i sure i sure do get a kick out of that kind of stuff but yeah, we, no. we broke we broke one of the microphones, so that's the reason you haven't been seeing him here lately. Oh darn! Damn it, then. We're so figure out broke when it gets west. What's that? I said shit gets broke when it gets western. Sometimes that's right. there's lots of bumping and grinding going on. <laughs> I think 
when them guys get off, you know, when you grab a fella and he reaches across you, that's when you tear stuff up. Oh, I can only imagine. The way we got to hook them on, we got to hook them outside our shirt. And the way we got to hook them on, they're just kind of exposed. But, like, I've seen a different kind. I think it's going to work better. We're going to look into getting them. I was going to say, is there any way you can kind of, like, run it up the middle of your back and, and hook it to your shirt collar on the offside or something maybe? Or yeah, like, These are, I mean, they're not, they're not, I guess they're about the size of, say, like an Apple Watch, just the face of an Apple Watch. That's about the size of them. And they got a clip on the back of them. And then there's a magnet that goes on the back of that clip. So I can clip it on my on the outside of my shirt and then put that magnet behind it where it, you know, kind of safeties it up where we don't lose it. Mm-hmm. That's just the whole mechanism right there. But I've seen one where the unit put the that records it, you can you know, fasten it in your in the pocket of your shirt and then it's got a little old, uh cord on it where the microphone is and you can put it up there closer to your mouth, clip oh, it to okay. your shirt up. I think it it's better, but we uh have to wait till after the first year and get another one. Get another one put together. So now yes. do you so when you're shagging bulls, do you stay tied off or do you dally in the most arena? The time, yeah, most of the time I do. Uh like it the horse that I'm shagging bulls on most of the time or ninety nine percent of the time. He's seventeen and man, I, I got all the faith in the world in that sucker. I've roped a bunch of bulls on him. And uh, I probably wouldn't tie off to just any, anything, you know, any horse. But with him, I feel comfortable enough to do it. And uh, it don't bother me none. Everybody says I'm crazy, but shoot, man, we we I rope stuff out in the pasture that's ranker than what them bucking bulls are. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, you are crazy. Well, you're a Texan. I mean, and you're and you're going way faster, and things are happening a lot faster than what it is in that. I mean, it's some. It's to me, it's it's pretty controlled in that rodeo arena. Oh, absolutely. There's there's no mesquite trees in your fucking way. Right, I'm running nine zero across the prairie after something. Heck, I'm right here in a little old pen. I'm slipping on him and just ride out. You know. Shit, yeah. So how did you get I, started I, I, picking up? I can handle handling bulls better tied off than I can when when I'm dallied. It just feels better to me, so that's what I do. Well, perfect. So, catch. How did you? How did you get started picking up? Were you just thrown into it, or uh, you know, your 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 family had that rodeo company? Were you just kind of born to it, or? Well, uh, <laughs> so my grandpa and my dad, they all picked up, and uh, there's a, a there was a rodeo association here called the the Central Rodeo Association, the CRA, and uh, I've got some buckles here in my coffee table that were my dad's and my grandpa's from both picking up and team roping buckles and all that and they they both picked up and my, my dad he he I actually got pickup man of the year when he was 17 in that association oh, cool. so yeah I mean it I always wanted to and uh so I started picking up in the practice pen right here at home with some buddies of mine it was actually uh Jeremy Molaston and, and Jacobs Crawley and, and Sterling Crawley they all traveled together then went to school together and we bucked horses. I think it was every Wednesday night. But uh, and I and at the time I owned some bucking bulls, so I was taking young bulls up there, and we dummy bucked them, and then we bucked 
his their saddlebar horses, and I'd pick up for them. We'd all just we we did it every Wednesday night. That was our thing. And uh, I never never picked up in a live rodeo in, until in the stockyards was the first live rodeo I ever picked up in. And I think that was in. Uh, well, I know it was. It was October two thousand seven. Hold on now, you're telling first. me the the first live rodeo you ever picked up was the Fort yes, Worth yep, in the stockyard. That's it. <laughs> you were a brave son of a bitch. That's it. But I I was pretty. I mean, I I was green. There's no doubt about that. But I was pretty confident in myself because I I'd, I'd been in the practice being quite a bit. And I studied it, and I understood it. Like I say, I, I've been watching. Like, my dad pretty much quit by the end, but you know, I'd watched him growing up, and man, I studied them pickup men, and I really lived for it, you know. And uh, so I, I was pretty confident myself going, you know. Yeah. Like I, I ain't gonna say I was green. There's a lot more to it than people think. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh, I, I remember the first time I ever picked up, and uh, I was—I don't remember. Honestly, I can't remember where it was. It's all a freaking blur. But yeah. uh, somebody didn't show up somewhere, and I just happened to be there, and and we just got done day working, and I had I had a big seventeen hand paint horse in the trailer, and uh, they were going around. Hey, do you know how to pick up? Do you know how to pick up? Do you know how to pick up? Somebody finally asked me, well, shit, yeah. Fuck, I know how to do it. Fuck, I'll do it. By yeah. God, I run in there that first time, and I, I'm pretty damn sure I had to change my underwear about three times that night. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, there's way, way, way more to it than people think. They think, you know, it's just trip the flank, get the cowboy off. But, man, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. But, uh, oh, there's there's a lot of style to it, you know. And Yes, sir. You know, I've, 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 since then, I've been in a handful of practice pins, and, and I've kind of fine-tuned it a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm very good at it, because I'm not. But, I mean, I, I can run in there and smash up against the Bronx and see, see what kind of a wreck happens. But, I mean, I do on I do a fair fair job at it. But, uh, yeah, it's – it's there's there's kind of an art form to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to be there, and you got to be in your spot. And but you can't crowd that horse too much. You know you want that horse moving forward all the time, and you don't want to make a habit of setting them horses up because then they get to where they do it every time. Yeah, so, and you know they'll they'll you'll be trying to run them down to catch that cowboy or pop the flank or whatever, and all of a sudden that that horse will hit the binders and go the other way and flap exactly. that. So you know. you know, a lot of times we're training those horses, and people don't even realize that we are. You know, exactly. We're training to have forward movement, you know. So yep. I'm always letting them get out in front of me. Like after I, I'll catch that guy and trip that flank, and clean him up, you know. And people don't even see what I'm doing, but I'll slide him a bunch of rain and let him get out there in front of me, where he always has that forward movement. That just so they don't get in the habit of and just keep him dri- keep him driving out in front of you. You bet. No, and that people don't know or, or unless they've done it or. They are a pickup man. They don't savvy that at all. Yeah, they they just don't savvy it really. And uh, without you know, trying not to call anybody out, but that ranch rodeo that I was down there in California, at, we were not going to say we weren't liquored up by any means, but we were pretty well yeah. lubricated. 
and watching and I, I I don't know these guys that were picking up I don't know who they were I don't know the horses you know I'm I drove 15 hours just to get to this ranch rodeo and I mean these guys were were running out and I mean going into the corners full tilt boogie cutting horses off setting horses to turn back with a guy still on them and, and, yeah. and roping saddle, you know, ranch bronc horses right. with, with, with halters and lead ropes on them still. And, and they wouldn't run in there and, and pop a flank or, or they would run in and pop the flank, but they wouldn't grab the halter or they'd grab the halter and not pop the flank. And it was just like, Oh, I'm going to go back to the trailer and start drinking even more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of, that's what will ruin them horses, you know, to a pickup man and uh you know me and skeet we're there or i'm there almost every single weekend and he's there i would say so we want them horses to be in our and i think that's the reason that that some of our stuff looks so good is just because we've had the opportunity to train on them horses since it was colts you know and we're the ones that's been with them so you know we got yeah. them working the way Want to. Absolutely. No, I, I completely understand that. So you guys, <coughs> excuse me, you guys are rodeoing every weekend or every other weekend? or Yeah, we have a rodeo every single Friday and Saturday night there in Stockyards of Fort Worth. All year round? Yes, sir. Holy. Duffy, we're in the wrong freaking place. We need to head for Texas. You know, I've been at <laughs> Fort Worth at the stockyards a few times. I wish I could say I can remember it. It happens. It will. Happen. It gets away from you there. Yes, sir. Some folks lose their memory when they leave that place. Oh, I can imagine. You know, for as, as, as much time as I've spent in Texas with my godfather and everything, I I, I have been to the Fort Worth stock, stockyards, walked through it. I've never been to a rodeo there. Yes, sir. Well, Jake, I think we got to make a trip sometime and go down and see what kind of. Y'all should. Well, yeah, I, y'all I think should. I think we've got a connection down there that uh, kind of goes to the stockyards on a regular that uh, might be able to get us uh, get us in. Yeah, right. y'all get the, get the us VIP. Us in, and he's gonna go, boy. He'll be sitting on his horse, going, boy, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> y'all about be y'all about be saying that before it's over with. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of a big son of a bitch. I, I'm, I'm kind of a little nervous of you. Oh, I'm, I ain't scary at all. But uh, we, we do like to party around there. I'll tell you that. So, whenever y'all get ready to, y'all just come on. Well, uh, us, us northern boys, we're not scared of a party now. I know that's right. No, we just gotta leave the women at home, Jake, because they're they're not so much on that part. <laughs> Hey, Duffy, you got to remember, I'm sitting at the kitchen table in my house staring at my wife. (laughs) And she can hear this, so (laughs) you're going to get me in trouble. Well, I'm not there to get in trouble, so it's all good. (laughs) Oh, but but catch, you got to understand, Tuffy's terrified of my wife. (laughs) <laughs> most men are too and I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll give her a wide berth of respect to, my wife was born and raised in the mountains two and a half hours north of where i'm at right now and and uh the you can tell she's a mountain lady she's she she is a sight to behold 
You bet. Wouldn't want to piss her off. Fuck no. I watched. I've watched her tip Colts. She. I watched her lay down a colt. Now catch this is God's honest truth. I watched her lay down a colt with no ropes, no nothing. Just reached down, grabbed a foot, grabbed him by the halter, and laid the son of a bitch down on the ground. Holding a baby with a cigarette in the corner of her mouth. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, she didn't have a cigarette, but she did have a chew in. There you go. But on the same stance, two cans of wine will end up get her ended up naked on the bathroom floor. <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't complain. <laughs> so I gotta ask you, Catch, do you know a guy by the name of Jerry Gersell? I know of him. Uh me and him are, are friends on uh all social media. And we we run into each other two or three times a year at, at some of these cowboy gatherings, and, and uh, like Abilene has a big cowboy gathering. I'll see him out there, or like at the uh, coming up Fort Worth Stock Show, puts on a big ranch rodeo. They're opening week. He's there, and uh, yeah, I I they sure know of him. We follow each other on on social media. I don't know him well, but I know of him. <coughs> Fight the man. He is quite the man. You get on a phone call with him, and you better have time. Yes, sir. You get he him. He seems like a real person. interesting guy, and uh, I, I admire his bit collection and stuff like that. I'm into that kind of stuff, and it's pretty neat. Yeah, you get him talking about bits and horses and all that kind of thing, and he will talk to you for hours. Yeah, he's he's really refined and in, in, in into that stuff and and you can tell he's sure enough a horseman and and, and all that kind of stuff i wish i wish i was raised a little more into into that you know like they're sure enough cowboys and sure enough ropey but they're just the horsemen weren't here and they are now and uh people are riding you know a, a way better horse than they used to around here but but when i was growing up you just didn't see that kind of stuff if you could just ride a horse and rope on him, you know, he was good enough, but you know, it you didn't know cow horses or a cow a horse cut a cow or anything like that. Huh. So catch when when you guys are looking for a horse down that country, I mean it it's a lot different country than what we're accustomed to up here. What are you guys looking for in a horse down there? Well, I'm, I'm different than most. So I'm looking, you know, I'm how big I am. I'm looking for a bigger type of horse, stout, stout enough to pack me around all day. But okay. most guys day working around here are buying reject cutters. And, and that's, that's just their kind of style. And they're riding these smaller, they, you know, chicken bone, smaller bone, 14 hand horses that really, really ride around and really watch a cow. And uh, they're and like I say, they're super nice horses. But uh, if you go to sure enough, have to go rope a bull, rope a big cow on them, you know, you're just not mounted. But me, with me picking up and me being as big as I am, I look bigger. Always, you know, I'm always looking for horses. And I, I tell everybody, I said, find me a big horse that's, you know, 15 2 and weighs 1200 that watches a cow. You know, that's, that's yeah. what I want. If you buy one of them smaller horses up in my country and you come to ride with us, you'll die. Yeah, you're yeah. just not going to make it. 
right and like my horses they can take that that ride in that country because they're bigger stouter type horses yeah you're exactly right them little horses just can't do it no and and that's that's kind of where i i think i had kind of an edge on guys at least in the practice pin uh team roping you know i took my good old ranch horse that we've had for eons and um we'd go to the practice pin and and these guys would have four and five of them tied up to the trailer and and i'd show up with i got 30 feet of gooseneck pipe trailer like you texas guys and and uh i'd show up and they're like oh you only brought one pony i said oh yeah well we'd be they'd be on their fourth horse and and my old ranch horse shit he's he hadn't even broke sweat yet That's you know the way i was when uh when i was in high school team roping i had an old paint horse it ain't no telling how many i roped on him it was the same way you know i'd show up to them ropings like that and everybody be riding two or three or four horses and heck, I'd ride him a time, but same thing. He ain't broke a sweat yet, but he was a big, stout ranch horse that knew how to take care of himself. You know, that, yeah. that's had yeah. that, that roping was a day off to him. Oh, yeah, that, that roping pin, that this red horse that I use, you know, he's he's some bitch is bred out, bred out the ass. I mean, he's Zanfar bred, and I mean, he's just built hell for stout, and he's just a tank. And the some bitch has got a motor. I mean, I, I, I have yet found a bovine that can outrun him. I mean, he's just flat. I mean, like riding a dirt bike with no freaking, no freaking goggles on. I mean, just make tears come out of your eyes. And Duffy's kind of seen him in action. We didn't go too fast, but I mean, that's some bitch. He's not the biggest horse in the world. He's 15 hands, maybe weighs 1,100 pounds, but by God, you tie onto a big old stout cow and, and that little red horse, he's going to hold her. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's and, a horse. But I bet you, Jake, you bring them up into my part of the country. I can show you cows that can outrun them. Uh, I, I don't know about that, Duffy. I mean, I've, I've had him on some pretty rank shit. You get up here with some of these fucking goddamn limousine cattle that are born like fucking deer and have legs like giraffe and, giraffe, and them cocks have to jump. <laughs> so, Catch, do you guys get any like the – Brazilian or Mexican or the Hawaiian cattle that come up around your I don't don't guess so. Most of ours, like I say, you know, got to have a a touch of ear. Or there's a lot of people that go straight Brahmin type cattle around here. That's the way it is right here. But uh, no, I don't. I don't guess so. What are what Uh, are? So well, like in in Brazilians and and the Hawaiians and stuff, they they got. They got quite a bit of ear in them, but they're that, uh, oh, they're not Bramers, but they're, name escapes me at the moment, but uh, they, they're, I don't know, they come off, they come off them freaking boats. They ship a lot of them up here in this country in the summertime, and man, you, you they unload them some bitches. They ride on a boat for probably a week, two weeks. And then they get on a truck and come from the port over to us. And, and you, you, you damn near need a side-by-side ready to rock and roll to outrun the lead, lead steer. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, they so just like came off. Cattle down here that uh, they're Nilors is what they are. And like just driving by the pasture, you'd think they're they're Brahmins, but they're they're Nilors. And uh, it's a little different <laughs> breed. They have all the ear that a Bremer does, but they – Damn sure as stupid as one. Oh, really? 
and they're great. And they're great humpies, but they don't have all the ear like a, a Bremer or a Bama does. Oh, be darn. But, so, like, the more you get into Louisiana and Florida, like, they're they're running more of a Bramer down oh, that way. Sure. Yes, sir. Even more than what we are. But it's it's pretty similar. You know, we're pretty, like I say, we're pretty subtropical here. And, uh, but, yeah, it, they're even more, running more, more year on cattle than we are. I'll be down. Because we get a lot of, you know, we'll we'll get some Bramer cross up here. You know, we get the Brangus and the, the Branfords and stuff like that. <coughs> but we get, you know, they, they got to cross them Bramers onto kind of a European breed to get them to survive up in this country. Yeah, they ain't got enough hair on them. Exactly. And uh, I got, like, it's, well, Tuffy, you seen him when you were down here, that, that black-white face. Um, we got a steer at the feedlot right now that he is – well, there's two of them in that pen, actually, a steer and a heifer, and they are damn sure – they're crossed with something, but they ain't got a hair on the hide. I mean, they are – right now, they're they're freezing to death. It's it's kind of pitiful looking at them. Them poor yeah. sons of bitches, they're, you should show up in the morning and go check feed and water tanks, and, and uh, you walk into that pen to go check the water tank, and they pop their heads up, and they're in the middle of the – middle of the snuggle pile out in the middle of the pen that they're trying to find warmth anywhere as they can. Yes, sir. But uh, here right now, you know, when you ride into a pen here at the feedlot, you ride into the middle of it because you're not going to find a sick calf on the outside. You're going to find up in the middle hiding. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. It, and and it's, it's like two pens and then you come to the Jack and pull your liners, your frozen liners out of your boots and try and get feeling back in your hands and your feet. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Oh, yeah. Well, like today, I'm going to tell on myself, I farmered it up a little bit today. I I, I, had, I got my long handles on. I got a pair of jeans on. I had a pair of, you know, insulated pack boots on. I had my coveralls on. I had two wool sweatshirts a battery-powered heat vest that my mama got me for Christmas that she gave to me early because she felt bad for me. And then I had a sub, Sub-Zero freezer jacket on, bright yellow, and I had a wool cap on. I I mean, I farmed it up big time today. But I was oh, not going to freeze it up. What people don't realize about it, like they see you wearing coveralls and that kind of thing, and they go, oh, well, you're just a farmer. Well, you know, we're out here eight hours a day sitting on top of a horse like chinks and chaps just don't keep you warm you gotta stay no. warm no absolutely not starts getting cold i don't care what they say about me yeah oh, I'd, I'd rather be the warm idiot that looks like a retard but be yeah I'll, I'll just be the warm farmer is what i'll be absolutely yeah. well and that's this young kid we got you know he's 18 and he come out of the tack, the, the saddle, saddle room today and he had his chinks on and, and, uh, he, he spent, he was down there in Texas at the, at a horseshoe in school and, and they got him talked into riding in stove tops. And so he's got his pants tucked inside of his boots now and he's got his chinks on and he's got, you know, a couple of coats on, but he's got his cowboy hat pulled down over his ears. And I said, young fella, you're going to have to learn that, uh, it ain't all about looking cowboy. Well, I'm not gonna ride. I'm not gonna ride looking like you. About halfway through the day, he's like, "Hey, where can I find one of them wool hats and uh, 
where can I find some of them wool sweatshirts? I said, well, young man, you're just going to have to figure that on out yourself. You are like that, aren't you? I am. Dude, I changed out my I changed out my wool caps. Did I you? Don't one like yours anymore? I wear one that goes all the way around my head, and it kind of looks like an engineer's cap, but it keeps the wind out of your fucking ears, and it's awesome. Oh, see, and that's that's the funny thing, you know. Catch you guys down there. It's forty degrees and raining, and I'm sure you guys are kind of bundled up because you're not used to, you know. Shit, me, me and Tuffy, we'd be down there. We'd we'd have nothing but our shafts and a speedo on, and and sweating to death. Well, I bet that's right. you know, you can wear a speedo all you want, but I ain't gonna be around because I don't want to be scarred for fucking life. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm kind of handsome in that way. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, you say okay, and my wife just looked at me with a look of horrific horrification. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's giving you that look like, oh, dear fucking God. No. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. We're in a Speedo. Like, you're going to make grown men cry. You're like, kids are just going to be scarred for life. They're going to be fucking blind. Pretty much. Hey, me and a speedo, I could scare a big old some bitch like catch. I could scare him right out of the state. <laughs> I bet you could. <laughs> you could scare anybody out of the fucking state. Uh, that catch. I keep saying, you know, I've seen your TikToks, and you're. I keep calling you a big old bastard. How big are you? I'm six six and weigh about two forty five. I'm six inches shorter than you, and I weigh more. Jesus. Hey, Jake, he's still big enough to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, but if I kick him in the knee, I can outrun him. Yeah, well, you, probably, you probably outrun him in the knee. <laughs> you might be able to outrun him, but he might be the kind of guy that don't forget things. Probably. He's probably got a long memory. Yeah, and like four or five years down the road, <laughs> you'll run into him and he'll see you and be like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, you, you guys don't you don't fight down there in Texas at all, do you, Catch? Yeah, the pair of Fort Worth, that's all they want to do. Oh, really? Yes, sir. So you guys get a lot of them, a lot of them town guys that come rolling in there and, and put on a Walmart hat and, and want to be somebody big. Yeah, it's not as it's not as bad as it used to be around there like that. But yeah, there's still lots of that. Everybody wants to be a cowboy around there, you know, and they all got a big story and and tell you what they've been doing and how they've been doing it. You know, they probably riding a bicycle, driving a half ton truck. <laughs> yeah, probably. I can't remember the feller's name, but he he originated out out of the country you're in down there and this was 10 years ago and i can't remember his name but he came showed up with feedlot to work and uh he showed up in a chevrolet half ton pickup with a canopy on it and uh had a saddle and he was tied hard and fast and uh he looking for a job so we put him to work on the feedlot and he says i'll ride anything that you got well 
back in them days, I was more of an asshole than I am now. And, and we had a string of bronchi, just bad, bad shit. And I watched that old boy. And this is what kind of turned me on to, to guys from that country being pretty damn good cow punchers and, and pretty good hands. I watched this old boy one day. We had a Palomino horse that was just the bronchiest son bitch you'd ever seen, but he was counterfeit about it. He wasn't honest. He'd throw it at you whenever. I watched this old boy. He showed up to work one day, just hung over. I mean, you could tell, hung over. I mean, just flat, probably still drunk. Had a pair of Adidas tinny runners on and saddled his pon- this big Palomino up put a bit in his mouth and I said, you might want to don't tell me how to do anything on this son of a bitch. Puts a, puts a little pencil bozel around this horse's nose and steps in the middle of him and, and goes to ride off. And this fucking thing folds in half like he's always done. And I watched this old boy in a pair of tennis shoes, just thumb this some bitch. He'd lock one leg in and just go to thumbing on this fucker, just a breaking ribs. And he'd get tired with one leg and he'd lock the other one that he was spurring with. He'd lock that one down and he'd go into the other side and they hit the, the pavement driveway that runs up the middle of this feet, big feedlot. And in mid buck, he kicks his feet out of the stirrups, keeps spurring with one, no stirrups, sitting in the middle of him, gets to the other side across the pavement, picks both stirrups up mid buck and goes back to spurring with the other hand, other leg. And I thought, good God, if everybody in Texas can ride like that, holy shit, we got no hope. <laughs> I mean, this son of a bitch was just cow punchy as they fucking come. Heck yeah. And he worked for us for about, well, I think we paid him, we gave him three paychecks. And yep. he loaded his stuff up, and down the road he went. Never there seen him go. again. But, and I, we, he was headed out. He was headed out the gate, and he said, well, this is my last week here, you know, picked up a mice paycheck, blah, blah, blah. I met him at the gate, and I had a gun in one hand, and I thought, I'm not, and I told him, I said, I'm not letting you leave this feedlot. I can't lose you, because I was a cow boss at the time. And I can't lose you. I have to have you. And he says, well, you're not tough enough to keep me here. And I thought, if you're going to say that, and I've got a pistol in my hand, fuck no, I'm not tough enough. That's right. But he was, that guy, he was got Probably one of the coolest guys I'd ever met. That right. I mean, ass deep mud, and he'd ride this bronchy son of a bitch out there. And it, I watched him out in the pasture another time, go to make a run on a yearling. And like I said, he's tied hard and fast, which we'd never seen before up here. He was the first one I'd ever seen. And he kind of stands up to pitch his, pitch his loop at this thing, and this horse breaks in half. He takes two more swings, reaches out there, catches him, pitches his slack, rides him through the buck, and still brings him up and put, puts a pretty good handle on him for the other guy to heal him. And I'm going, good lord, where the yeah. I yeah, this and and he originated out of Texas, but goddamn, he was good. Well, there's good cowboys where you know there's good cowboys coming at it everywhere. You just gotta find them, and nowadays That's- it's getting a lot harder to find them. I, I agree with that because I've, like I say, I've been all over. I've cowboyed South Florida, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, and Arkansas, and New Mexico, and Colorado. And man, there was good cowboys everywhere I've been. You just had to find them, you know. Yeah. And 
know, just like they say, there ain't no cowboys in East Texas. No, it's it's kind of what y'all's podcast is named. You know, we say it all the time. So, yeah, there is. Y'all just can't see us for the thickets, you know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the thing is, like, you don't see these good cowboys because, you know, they're not (coughs) – they're not – They're not going to town. They're not caught up with technology. They're not out there to be somebody. They're working for an outfit that knows their worth and goes, we got to keep that guy. I don't care what you got to do, what you got to throw at him. Keep him here. And that's just kind of where he stays. Right. You know, he's not – they're not them guys that are traveling around going or on social media posting a bunch of pictures going, look at me. No, absolutely. And when you talk to them boys that are handy, you know, they don't think they're that handy. They're like, oh, well, you know, I get by. Exactly. Motherfucker, you do more than get by. Well, that's – I run into it all the time being from Washington is is we always get, well, we didn't know there was cowboys in Washington. Yeah, there's cowboys everywhere. Oh, absolutely. You know, as, as long as there's one one cow, and it doesn't even have to be a bit beef cow, it can be a goddamn milk cow. If it's on pasture, there's a cow man of some kind taking care of it. Easy. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this one, for, uh, my deal at Fort Worth, me being a trick roper and all that, it, y'all wouldn't even found out about me. I'd just be hit out over here in the woods taking care of these cows, you know. Oh, absolutely. And then we're the coolest guys to, like, get on these podcasts and talk because they're the real deal. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's what this podcast was built on, was getting away from the big-name guys. Yeah. Yes, sir. Getting away Mm -hmm. from the guys that, you know, have a following and, like, a household name. Shit, I don't want to talk to a household name. They're cool. Don't get me wrong. They're cool. They're dang sure handy in their own way. But, you know, we want to talk to the guy that's just out there doing it. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, absolutely. You know, and then, and uh, like, catch you and I talked on the phone the other day. You know, that's exactly what I said is (coughs) we kind of shoot for about once a month to bring kind of a big name on. And, you know, that's, that's why I contacted you is, is you're the kind of big name that we want to talk to. Yes, sir. We, we don't want to talk to, I'm just going to use this as an example, but we don't want to talk to the Trevor Brazils of the world. Right. You know, every, everybody sees them on TV and, and everything. We, we want to talk to guys like you that, yeah, you go and pick up and you got a social media following because you're trick roping and you're picking up and you're mic'd up and it's all fun and games. But at the same time, you don't make a living doing that. You, you, you're making a living cowboying like the rest of us. Yes, sir. And, and, and it, you're very, you know, in the short time we've talked, you're very humble about it. You're not. You know, you get some of these guys that, oh, you know, you call them and say, hey, you, we'd like to put you on a podcast, this and that. And, and um, oh, yeah, I, you know, and, and me and Tough can't, you know, if we get some of them guys on, me and Tough wouldn't be able to get a word in, edge in uh, any other way. Uh, they're talking about themselves damn much. Yes, sir. 
And so, you know, it's 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 you kind of guys that we want to talk to. Well, good. Well, so. them guys that you don't see of are the guys that are out there that are living it day to day. You know what I mean? They're not the guys out there trying to be somebody. They're living it. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, they don't post a picture every time a cow takes a piss, you know. No, absolutely. Um, I did a podcast with a guy there not too long ago, and he's he's in Texas now, and I just can't think of his name right now. But, like, we were talking, like, you know, in the heat of the moment, when you're doing something, yeah, there's some cool shots thrown or there's some cool things happening, but you just don't got time to take your phone out and take a picture. That's right. Like, there's a job to do, and there's shit to get done. And the guys that are always taking pictures, and, you know, you see them always posting pictures on social media, you're like, oh, you're that guy. No, absolutely. You're that guy with his phone out that's just kind of like Dora Dumbfuck. Just out and never, never land. Well, that's a cool picture. I better get a picture of this. Um, Well, it'd be real cool if you, like, did something. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like on, on my TikTok, you know, there's maybe two or three videos uh, of me actually doing something. The rest of them are just me talking into the phone is because when I get in them situations, I don't have a third hand to break that video camera out. I got enough on my fucking hands as it is. Yes, sir. You know, I, I can't be... You know, and we're we're dallying off up here. You know, we're we're dallying, and and I'm sorry, I'm not that fucking handy. I can't run a set of reins and keep my coils and dally and keep myself out of a freaking wreck and video camera all at the same freaking time. Well, Jim, get fucking better. I'm trying. I, I'm working on it, but you know. Um, <laughs> They uh, like the newest one I, I put up is, is that young kid that we hired. He was he was standing in the gate and and he took a video of it and sent it to me. And that's the only reason I've got that up there. But yeah, well, you missed your shot like three times. I did not. I got the you son of a bitch roped. It might have been. You know what? I still got it caught. Yeah, you still got it caught, but there was like three times you could have thrown. It was cold and it was. I wasn't in a hurry. He's in a pen, so yeah. I mean, and there was three operable shots you could have thrown at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry's got their own opinion. Well, you know, if we didn't give you shit, nobody would. Pretty much. So, Buck boys, I think we need to do this again, like. Next little while, another one going. Absolutely, catch. Uh, would you be opposed to coming on again? Oh, I'd love to. I mean, I know we're just a couple honkies from you know, a couple yanks from up north. Well, easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed it. Uh, we we didn't even get into really my operation and and our ranch and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's no, absolutely. That's you know. Uh, we can get on another time and and break into that kind of stuff. We'd we'd really you bet. We'd we'd love to. Yeah, I'd like to visit about all that. Uh, so we, 
my family settled here in the 1850s and we've been in the same spot ever since so there's lots of family history and stuff like that so oh absolutely if we uh we'll get on the phone and uh yeah we'll we'll... figure something out for here like in the near future like in the next week you know five ten days maybe probably oh fuck christmas is coming up isn't it yeah yeah Yeah, well probably after christmas you know we'll figure out we'll do another one heck yeah i'd love to y'all need uh when you're done chopping ice and everything falls out y'all need to come to fort worth and hang out absolutely going to absolutely we uh we got a couple weddings to get out of the way first and then uh We'll uh we'll be down there. I, I I can promise you that we've been we've all been kind of wanting to head south and kind of warm up a little bit. And after the first of the year and and uh, the feedlot life kind of starts to slow down up here uh, about March April. We'll uh we'll we'll definitely get down there and and uh, have a good time. You bet. That sounds like a plan. So yeah, like I'm gonna come down, but do I have to bring Jake with me? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Well, I guess we can bring the boy. Hey. Bring the boy shit. I got more I got more fucking gray hairs. Come on now. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> I have more gray hairs because on a daily basis you're worried about your missus killing you. Oh shit. This is true. So there. This is true. So, but no, it, uh, we'll definitely get, get back together again. Catch, I'll, I'll give you a call within the next couple of weeks or, or so, and, and we'll get something figured out. And, uh, we'll continue on with this, this conversation. You bet, man. That sounds like a plan. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good evening. Oh, I appreciate you coming on with so, us, Catch. I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a text when we're done, Catch, and give you my information. We'll get you on the group and, you know, Feel free to post whatever you want on there because this is about cowboys. Yeah. Yep, we'll get you I'll on get you on our Facebook group and uh, catch. Do you got Snapchat? We can we can add you to the our Snapchat group and and uh, you search my name and, and okay. So and and uh, we're we're slowly but surely we're working on getting a getting the TikTok put together and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, we're going to, we're going to make a go out of this thing and we, we sure appreciate you coming on with us. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yep. You have a good night, Ken. You too. We will Bye. talk to you later. Talk to you later. Boys good. later. Bye.